Welcome to the Grace Church Podcast. This episode contains explicit content. Please be thoughtful about who you listen to this with. It took, it took that moment for me to realize that she was something that I needed to preserve, protect, cherish, all, all those things that I did not do at the first of our marriage. So, you know, we, we got a giant reboot, both of us, four years in. If you start having sex before you've reached this highest level of emotional intimacy, you pretty much stop there because you tend to think like, well, we're not feeling close to each other. We'll have sex and that will fix it, but it doesn't. And so eventually in marriages that sex life starts to wane or decline, you don't have the emotional intimacy. And I think that's where it all falls apart. And I love it when my six or eight year old at this point goes, Dad, I have to tell you something. I dropped your computer. Okay, thank you so much for telling me. I love it when you tell me stuff. Anytime you tell me something, I want to hear it. I One of my favorite things to do is hear what my kids are saying. Like Reinforce that. That way, when there's something way more important than your stupid computer dropping of my boyfriend. You know, I'm, I'm imagining seven years from now, my daughter having to tell me about some boyfriend. But I want her to be able to tell me and not live in shame. The Hollywood mentality for girls is just that love is this feeling and it's just this emotion. And so you've heard so many people say, well, I don't feel that anymore, so we must be done. So something that we learned, and I'll go back to like rock bottom and and redemption in a minute, but at that hard point of are we going to, is this going to work? Are we going to let God work in this marriage is realizing that love is a choice. Hey, this is Josh, the producer of our Grace Church podcast. Here at Grace, we love to tackle difficult issues from a biblical perspective. That's what this new series is all about. All too often, we get uncomfortable with discussion about sex, especially in the church. And so over the next seven episodes, we're going to dive into the good gifts of emotional intimacy, sexuality, and boundaries. We'll discuss the troubles of pornography and abuse. We pray that these practical examples and stories will be of great use to you. So let's begin. This episode is the first of two parts in which our friends Allie and Brandon tell the heartbreaking, painful, and ultimately redemptive story of their marriage. This is God and Sex. Welcome again to the Grace Church Podcast. This is going to be a part of a new series that we're doing called God and Sex. And today I have with me Allie and Brandon here to share their story of a personal story of both some hard things that have happened, but really the story of redemption. So, uh, Brandon, Allie, thanks for being here today. Yeah, thank you Absolutely. for having us. So, as we get into this story uh, that you guys are going to share, I know you shared it in multiple settings, but before we get there, uh, how long have you guys been in Ocala? What brought you to Ocala? We have been here six years. I uh, started working with Allison's brother. He started an e-commerce company here, and so we moved here six years ago and uh, didn't necessarily want to be in Ocala, right. but have uh, loved it since we've been here. Beautiful. So have been really blessed to be a part of the community here. Found a community in the life here. No doubt. That's cool when you Absolutely. move to a place and you find that. Yeah. yeah, it was a welcome surprise. How long have you guys been married? 21 years. Beautiful. Just this past May. Yes. We don't look that old, though, right? Uh, older, really. That's what okay, I was yeah, say. So, no, it's good. My okay. wife and I have been married 24. Oh, awesome. Congrats. So, yeah. And you have kiddos? Three kids. How old? 14, soon to be 12, and 10. Yes. Uh, the 10 and 12. That's in, well, in our family, we call it the, the golden years. 
because uh, they still think you're awesome. Yes. And they're highly communicative. Yes. So, yeah, uh, the 12 and 10-year-old think we're awesome. The 14-year-old's not less, so sure. Less yeah. so, right, yeah. yeah. My youngest is now 16. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, not awesome anymore. <laughs> These days are behind us. It's a fun age. We've enjoyed it. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yes. So, um, to begin with our discussion, help me help the anybody who's listening, the eight listeners we've got, help them, help us understand uh, why you're here today. What what makes this story important to you? Your story of redemption and how God and your your sex life have inter intermingled. Um, you want to take this one? Sure. Yeah, I'll start. Um, you know, we've seen just a. Uh, God working through our marriage, obviously. And we've come to realize after 21 years that we didn't even realize necessarily how that it was bad in the beginning. Mm. Um, but we've started to, or, you know, I shouldn't say bad, but, you know, it's it's much better now. So uh, we've been through some things, you know, good and bad together. Uh, and I think now we're at a point in our lives where we can go back and share that. And we see friends, people, Allison talks to even strangers that hear the story and we're able to talk to and reach out and, and, and just share it. So uh, marriage is tough, and we see a lot of people our age that are really struggling, uh, and a lot of it revolves around uh, sex and that discussion. Yeah. And the other reason for me is really our, the age of our kids. I mean, we're, we were talking before we started about just a highly sexualized society that we live in. Yeah. So we've got 14- and 10-year-old girls and a 12-year-old boy, and I am uh, – very aware of how exposed they are or will be to things very soon. And I want them to have uh, good open communication with us and not be afraid to talk about any of it. So um, just want to be able to bring it up and be real open about it. So We have a, a Christian counselor who meets here at Grace, and he and I were once talking about the sexual nature of our society. And um, at, when we were talking about this, this was years ago, my oldest, oh, I have one boy and, and five girls, and uh, so the one boy is very familiar with female stuff. But he, my son Micah was in eighth grade, and I was talking to the counselor, and my counselor, the, the counselor here said, well, he's already for sure um, seen pornography in eighth grade. And I was like, no way, not a chance. And he's like, go ask him. So that night I went home, and I was like, dude, I mean, is that, you know, have you seen it or whatever? And he's like, yeah, some guys at, church, at, at school showed me. Yeah. And it's because of, obviously, cell phones or whatever. Sure. Right. And the... the the way in which our society has just used sex, um, and I, I, I actually would even distinguish between these terms. I'd be curious to hear your input on this, but the term, the distinction between uh, something like sex and intimacy, which I prefer yes. intimacy much, much more because I think that's what God's intent for our yes. marriage is. Sex is something that animals do. Right. It's just an act that... Uh, is not as helpful to me, and yet we're titling this podcast "God and Sex." So maybe we need to fix on that. <laughs> we need to fix that up. But what would you? How do you guys respond to that, Brandon? That, that's waiting. really good because I, I haven't really thought about that. But you know, going back to the early part of our marriage, it was probably sex. It was just kind of what you were supposed to do. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously it's pleasurable, those kind of things. But sure. there wasn't any real intimacy there. We, uh, you know, because we, we, didn't we, know we, the we and we joke about it, and it was almost like we were roommates. You know, mm-hmm. for the first four or five years of marriage, and. You know, we were we were doing our own things, and you know, we we'd come together for the sexual act, but the intimacy was certainly lacking, right. missing. Well, and and if our society teaches us what, uh, if they're if they're constantly pushing on us sex, then we wonder what what is intimacy, right? Uh, and Brandon, I don't know if you have ever felt this, but the the worst example of this to me, or the one that I always struggle with, is James Bond. 
you know, he's a guy's uh, guy. Yep. Super cool dude, can do everything. Uh, include bed every woman, which he does multiple times a movie. That's right. And it's never intimate. Uh, it's no. always just something that he does as a part of his saving people and uh, beating other spies or whatever. It's like, well, now it's time for the sex part. Yeah, and if we're not careful, and I think Allison will talk some more about this, but that's that's what we knew about sex when I was a when I was a kid and a teenager. I mean, I, I can I can count on one hand the number of times we talked about it at church, or the number of times that we really had real conversations with my parents, who I, I love and they did a great job. But you know the the ratio is certainly off. So the the large majority of my exposure to Sex was James Bond, television, magazines, whatever, you know, talk with people my own age. And, and that's a that's certainly something that we would like to reverse and make sure is, is not it, the case moving forward. Is it fair to say you heard more sermons about tithing than you did about your sexuality? Oh, no doubt. <laughs> no question. Yeah, the tithing sermons always make it into the uh, rotation. The ones about who we're supposed to be as intimate and sexual people, they never seem to make it into the rotation very often. Right. Uh, it's a hard topic. Yeah. Um, so, Allie, how uh, – let's – well, you guys both grew up in the church, right? Yes. We did. Okay. So we've already started talking about this a little bit. When you guys were growing up, uh, and if there wasn't a distinction for you, Brandon, about sexuality versus intimacy, how did that work out for you, Allie? Same. We were just talking about this. Um, and really, a lot of this is just in hindsight looking back. Sure. You know, as we have um, – God has shown us um, so much redemption in our marriage and – over these last 16, 17 years, but, um, you know, we went to church all the time, very Bible believing, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. lots of great foundation. But when it came to sex, um, both the church and my parents, like well-meaning, right. um, I was told by my mom what sex was mm-hmm. in the fifth grade because she knew <laughs> we were going to be told in school. Mm-hmm. And so she sat me down and she told me what it was and that God just wanted us to wait till marriage. And I, I was really trying to think back on whether or not we had any more conversations about it. It was just expected that we would follow God's rule right. and their house rules, and then it was not discussed anymore. Wow. Um, so that works well, it seems like, for rule followers like me, okay. because I want to follow the rules. Right. I don't want to make anybody upset, not God, not my parents. So... Looking back, um, that's what I knew. Number one, the talk at fit at fit in fifth grade was like, "Well, why would anyone want to do that?" Number one, I just won't get married. Right, this right. is easy, but how am it's I going to have those children? I want, you know. So Adoption. all of that's going on in my head, you know. And yeah, I mean, those things uh-huh. are, are thinking. Uh-huh. So going through um, just the teenage years, of course, I went to public school. I heard things. So sure. having to wrestle through all of those things in my mind, but not feeling like I had a safe place to go. Mm. My parents were very safe people, okay. but I did not feel that open door of communication because, number one, I thought, my parents are perfect. My mom has never had an impure thought. There's no way I'm going to go. Um, I didn't know what I thought, but there definitely wasn't this open door which we are now trying to give our kids of there is nothing that will shock us. There is nothing that will, wow. you know, you will not surprise us. There is a, so I didn't they feel tried? that. Have your kids tried? Um, you know, right now they're in the question stage. Yeah, sure. They're in, yeah. the, and they're also different. And I definitely want to talk about that um, going forward because that has been very interesting in, in talking to each of them about it and their reactions. But so I grew up and, and even looking back um, to our, to our dating 
So legalist, like if you look at it with a very legalistic mindset, like, yes, okay, I followed the rules and went into my wedding night a virgin. Mm-hmm. Um, but looking back at the way God's heart, like I just believe the gospel is all about like him speaking to our heart and Jesus talking to us about our heart. And I, I think now we're, we as a church are talking a lot about behaviors and acts right. maybe more than heart. And so right. looking back, I was just following rules about mm-hmm. what technically it meant to wait until you're married. And so that went into the first years of our marriage for me. Um, Nobody had talked to me about emotional intimacy and about what that looked like and about that, you know, sex is more than just the physical act. And even as far as that goes, like I just didn't have anybody to talk to. So in that first year of marriage, as you know, we're honeymooning and learning and I felt like is this it? Am I like, what is missing? Or if I had any questions, I remember one time calling my sweet mama and saying, and again, this is all generational. It's Mm. because nobody talked to her, you know, and it just wasn't acceptable. And so, and just saying like, mom, I just have some questions and I'm not sure. And her saying, Oh honey, like basically shutting me down. Really? Yeah. Like she just didn't want to talk about it. She just didn't want to talk about it. And so that was my answer. And I and I didn't have anybody else. Now I'll say this: well, a lot of guys assume that girlfriends always talk about this. So you didn't have any girlfriends that you mm-hmm. talked about this. I mean, would you agree, Brandon? I mean, I'm always thinking my wife and her girlfriends are talking, not always talking about sex. That's but a good point. I assume they that. know everything. That's You're a good right. Point. Yeah. And, that is and, a good and we point. have to figure it out from James Bond. Yeah, he's that's our right. model, and they have each other. <laughs> that is a good point. I do remember that first year um, confiding in one friend, and honestly, looking back. She did not have a healthy view of mm, herself. Interesting. So the advice she was giving me was like, um, basically, be more sexy. Go to, you know. And honestly, this isn't even a conversation we felt comfortable, Brandon and I, having it with each other. Because wow. there there wasn't emotional intimacy enough there right. for, I, for me to feel comfortable saying, is this, like, I, you know, I don't know. It's just we did not have that at that time. So we just now were like... Those first couple years were, you know, like in we're the just redemption. Figuring that out, we're just right. figuring it out. Absolutely. I don't know that we even had a name for it back then. Um, well, like you mentioned, I, you know, so much of what we heard from the church and even our parents was was the negative. It's the don't do, don't yeah, right. do, don't do, right, don't right. do. And then as a as a guy, all of the talk about sex was based on the conquest part of Absolutely. it. It was a it was a game. So you know, it was a you're not a man unless you can do this and you get her to do this. And, you know, so the balance of there was, there was very little discussion about right. what it's supposed to be and what God intended for it to be. So it I was came just, in with don't all do these inhibitions and, yeah. from this is not allowed. This right. is not allowed. And now suddenly it is. And now like, okay, go. One day happens and right. the wedding day and it's like, oh, and by the way, hey, have fun. And you're like, with what? It's I, been no forever. Now I'm supposed to have fun with that's that. That's right. It's been no forever. Even our wedding right. night and the honeymoon was... Difficult and uh, maybe sure. maybe awkward is the word because yeah. you know all of a sudden you're allowed to do X you right. know and and I thought I, I didn't know what I thought you know I right. loved him but sure. it wasn't it just wasn't it was fear and all these things that I just didn't have anybody I felt comfortable talking to part of that could be my personality other women could be open books sure but sure. to me it wasn't a safe place to be that vulnerable I didn't have that how many marriages do you think go off the rails because of exactly this this oh. idea that they're just because there's not a familiarity with the idea of intimacy, there's a familiarity with the idea of sex. Yes. That's, and that's sure. not that, uh, that's fairly common. 
I think sex is. I mean, again, just do sure. biology class. Oh, yes. You're going to see it. No big deal. Right. But intimacy is something that I think God has uniquely created us for. And so how many marriages do you think fall by the wayside oh. because they've never got to that level of intimacy? Oh, many. Many. And, and, and you know, I'm reading so – this topic is so interesting to, ma- to me now. I'm just reading so many books. And it's so true. Like – if you start having sex before you've reached this right. highest level of emotional intimacy, you pretty much stop there mm. because you tend to think like, well, we're not feeling close to each other. We'll have sex and that will fix it, but it doesn't. Right. And so eventually in marriages, that busyness, parented, all of that, the sex life starts to decline. wane or decline. Right. You don't have the emotional intimacy. And I think that's where it all falls apart. So it's huge. Wow. It's huge. Um, so... Going back to those first few years, we just didn't have that. Um, and I think looking back to, there were so many other things, just life and, and marriage and transition. And so it wasn't even every day I thought, oh, this is, I didn't know it then. But looking back, I can piece together and say, it just something wasn't like I thought it would be of the happily ever after. Now Did you we're have married. any red flags in your head as a woman? Like, wait, why am I not feeling what I should be feeling? Or do you think I had must- the, why am I not feeling, but I couldn't put my finger on it and I didn't feel like I could talk to anybody. So all those mm. doubts and things just sat there and that's where Satan takes hold. Mm. And I think that I also in my mind thought, I know what will help this. Let's have a baby. Right. Okay. Right. So horrible timing. We were living with my parents when I first brought the idea up because we couldn't sell a house that we had in another state. And we had moved in with my parents. And I remember thinking, I don't want to tell them I think things are not great. So I'll just tell them we should have a baby. I mean, that is what was going through my head. That I didn't want to hurt it. his feelings. Yeah, yeah that'll that, do it. That, right? That, that, that'll make everything better. Brenda, do you remember when she brought that up? You know, I, I, I remember her bringing it up very early. I okay. could not pick the date and time. Okay. But, that was the last thing I do remember. That was the last thing that I was interested in at the time. Because why? You, you know, a, cu- a couple different things, but um, young yeah, just so young. <laughs> I mean, I'm a, I'm an adventurous guy by nature. I wanted to go and explore and 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 do things and travel. And one thing I was thinking while you were talking too is, you know, you, you weren't you you felt like something wasn't right too, and I was feeling like something wasn't right. right. But but looking back, and I'm going to use your analogy, our, our sex life was not like James Bond. Right. It was right. not. There wasn't the the. It just wasn't there. It was very um, no beluga caviar. Yeah, I mean no it, champagnes <laughs> popping. Right. Yeah. Right. It, and kind so of pedestrian. We, we we both had these ideas of right. what sure. intimacy That's right. That's right. air quotes you know we're supposed to look like, and neither one of us turns out we're we're getting what we expected. Right. But what both we we were both expecting, neither one of them was right. So Allie's solution is when you're not getting what you expect, Allie's like a baby. <laughs> yeah, well, okay. right. Okay, so Brandon, when you weren't getting what you expected in terms of intimacy or, you know, the fireworks, I guess, what was your solution? Yeah, this is where we get into dangerous ground here. So <laughs> my solution was something it should not have been. Okay. So I started, uh, you know, computers, pornography, you know, there were things that were there and available sure. uh, that I, it's funny. I don't, I don't even remember when it started, but I did get, and I, I would hate to use the word addicted because I'm a prideful person, but I probably was, okay. I was getting a release from that, that I wasn't getting somewhere else. So I, I turned to that. At least in at least in part. Sure, sure. Well, I, and um, actually, I know from lots of folks uh, having done a lot of study on the the issue of pornography and guys, uh, it's this imaginary world 
that we can insert ourselves into that feels like, oh, look, now I'm in control and maybe I'm getting this feeling of greatness that I'm not getting in yeah. the real world. And that's what's very appealing about it Yeah, for a lot of guys. Not all guys. I hate to print with too broad of a brush, but that's a real draw for a lot of dudes. It is. And, you know, as we've been able to talk to people, it's uh, – it. Uh, again, don't want to paint with that broad brush either, but I think it's a large majority of men that probably have that, you know, have that struggle. Um, And it's funny going back to how we, how we grew up and the things we watched, the James Bond, the television shows, you know, it's, it feeds right into that because you're getting this, uh, um, this false, you know, perspective on what sex is supposed to look like. What man is supposed to look like. It's so much tied to our, our, a very character of our personhood and we don't even know how those things are being defined. We're just fumbling around with it and making yeah. massive mistakes. And that's got to make it very difficult and probably had to make it for us to, once we were married to even know that we needed intimacy because right. I, I don't need intimacy. I just need this. Right. You know? And so that, that coupled with where she was coming from, just, you know, there were two walls up. How long we did it didn't take- even know about how long did it take for you guys to realize that you were coming at the same issue, but from vastly different points of view? Well, it, I didn't realize that was going on. Sorry, I Googled, I didn't know that's where you were going right then. So, oh, sorry. Um, yeah. um, you want to back up? No, no. So that's that's what happened there, but I didn't know that. And right. so um, what happened was we, he, he he's always loved me well. I will say that. Beautiful. That's part of this redemption story, and that'll make me it. cry. I love it. And so he went along with the baby thing just because. He loved me. Okay. I know every red flag in his head was saying, and he even said some of it, like, now, are you sure? And I just... We live with our yeah, folks. Yeah, I think so, and, uh, right? I mean, why not? We live with our folks. I have a job that pays $20,000, and you're in school. I don't know why we wouldn't do it Perfect that timing. Uh, um, there are better times. So, <laughs> but, unfortunately, God knows better than us. Um, so, a couple years went by. I didn't get pregnant. Okay. Um, next year went by... Um, I got pregnant through um, some fertility treatments. Mm -hmm. And this whole time, I didn't realize he was struggling with pornography. I knew our sex life wasn't great. And then this even compounded that because then you're three years in going, it's day 14, I'm ovulating, you know, so that even made it worse. So the struggle that you guys had with infertility was really weighing heavily on you. On me. He was hurting seeing me hurt, Mm. even though he... I know did not think it was time for a baby still, but I became obsessed with that. I became, he was then had gotten a job part-time as a youth minister as he was in school. And that became, then that became a full-time job. Um, so we were at the church all the time in the church, grew up in the church. Still, I'm, I'm the strong one. I'm the rule follower. I still didn't have really anybody. I felt like I could talk to about Mm. this pain because we didn't have the emotional intimacy. He would try to be there for me, but I didn't really let him in. So all of that, just further and further, we were just withdrawing. So you would look into our marriage and not see fighting, not see, like, a lot of times you would think, oh, they treat each other horribly. It wasn't that, but we were very disconnected. How long have you Without been even knowing point? it. So about um, four years in is when I had the miscarriage. Okay. So, um and so you got pregnant finally. I got pregnant were, through that fertility treatment. You were probably and super excited. So excited. And I remember the day that I went to the doctor. He was with me, and they were going to do the first ultrasound. And I just remember the tech standing there. And in a very flippant way, um, she does this all the time. Right. And she said something like, oh, oh, this one, this is not, this one's not going to make it. Wow. 
And I remember... You've been trying for three years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I remember f- still wanting to please everybody. I didn't want her to feel bad. Wow. So I remember trying to hold back the tears so she wouldn't feel bad right. for saying that. Were you there, Brandon? I was. Did you want to punch her? The tech, I mean? I think you, we were in shock. Yeah, I, I think it was... I, I don't remember the conversation as much. I don't remember exactly what she said. I do remember that you know that it wasn't viable or, or some word like that, but... Uh, and it didn't it didn't affect me the way it did Allison. I was disappointed, but again, I think that was a function of her and I not being connected very well. That you know, I didn't want to see her hurting, and sure, I knew it sure. hurt her. I think that's why you were hurt more than you know, yeah, because you saw your wife struggling. Yeah, and you thought, what what do I do here? Yeah. How do I help her? Right. So that wow. to me was the start of rock bottom. Okay. Um, I thought you know along with that, and and this this pod, this podcast for about. Infertility. I could also. I mean, that's a whole other part of. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you know, that's a different okay. part of my story. And I I've never thought about, about doing a podcast on infertility. You so honestly, that would be a, there are so many, many hurting women, wow. and I had no support group for that either. Wow. So there's the no one to talk to about not understanding sexuality in my marriage, and nobody to talk to. To me, my sisters were all pregnant. My friends were all pregnant. I'm throwing baby showers, and I can't do what I feel like a woman's body mm, is meant to do. Mm. So there was just pain. Had you shared that, any of that with Brandon? Yes. I mean, he knew I was hurting. He knew I was hurting. Um, I still feel like I didn't let even him into the okay. depths of how okay. much I was hurting. That is just a function of my... Just you. Just who I need to hold That's everybody right. else up. Okay. And yeah. so I don't need to ask for help. Okay. So a lot of that also turned into... Um, at this point, I would say my relationship with God was even very much just rule following. At this point in my spiritual walk, didn't really have an intimate relationship with God, which we will tell you is what ended up being part of our... Redemption is learning what that looked like mm. because I think that's very important in a marriage too. You can't have pure emotional intimacy with each other if you don't have that with God. So um, so I'd say that following year, just dealing with that pain, and as he was dealing it with it in a, in a, you know, a way with pornography and computers and, and not being fulfilled in that way, um, where I was lacking too was emotional intimacy. And um, unfortunately, that's how um, Satan entered in with me. And I found that through a relationship, an emotional relationship with a male friend of ours. And so that's where my story, like where this all came to a head was after that was happening for about six months. And again, in my legalistic mind, because there was no sex happening, just like with dating relationship, I knew it, it was wrong. I mean, I lost 20 pounds because of the shame and the, wow. you know, like I knew it was wrong because I was hiding it. Right. Yet I could rationalize in my head that adultery means sex. sex. Right. Although looking back, I can tell you God is the heart, sure. right? So sure. I knew in my heart I was not being faithful to my vows, although I didn't know this is going on with him. He doesn't know this is going on with me. Wow. And we are just further and further like isolating I'm upset with God but won't admit it because that's probably not allowed either you know just I have all this stuff going on and I just remember um one day just having like enough I just I could not deal with it anymore I would say he knew things were not good but had no idea about this and same with me so did you know things weren't good Brandon I knew things were not good but I had no idea about the relationship okay so what what do you think things why do you think things weren't good at that time and what made you think that uh just uh, fighting a bunch or what i think it was the distance yeah just the distance i mean when we went through the whole infertility thing i mean i i I knew we weren't 
I knew we weren't communicating. I knew we weren't, Connected. you know, spending time together. Like, you know, we've, we've been through all the his needs, her needs, and one of mine is quality time. I knew we weren't doing that. I knew okay. there was a whole lot of her out with her girlfriends, me out with my buddies. Yeah, you it was kind of like, what are you doing? Me Saturday? together at bedtime kind of thing. So, That's how we lived that, at that time. And that wasn't – I knew that wasn't good. Um, Did you have any sense of what to – how to address it? Like maybe you see the diagnosis, but you don't know the prescription. You know, it, it's – no, Neither one of I, us I, don't, did. I don't think I did. And, you know, she mentioned, you know, I was a youth minister while all of this was going on. And I, I think uh, I think both of us were trying to put up these fronts sure. about, yeah. hey, I've got to make sure my life looks like this. Yeah. Right. I've got to make oh, sure yeah. the kids the in the church, the church see this. Mask. Yeah. And yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I, uh, he was blindsided. Looking back sure. on it now, I just feel, you know, like I was pretty stupid. Um, which, Why is that? I mean, just not being able to see it. Just see. knowing what okay. I knew, know, knowing being where I am now, if I could go back and tell my 24-year-old self or 26-year-old <laughs> self, hey, so young, yeah. these are these are clues here, buddy. You, you want the benefit of wisdom that you now. don't have in 24. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah, best of this, luck. <laughs> this is why we're here, right. because Amen. we can see Amen. them. We right. can tell right. you. And, and we want this to be for God's glory, that, you know, that he can use this. Well, what would you tell? I mean, it's, it's a really fascinating question to me. What would you tell your 24-year-old self with the benefit of wisdom? Again, putting the, maybe the, the specifics of the situation aside, I'd be curious to hear what both of you say. Look, 24-year-old self. Yeah. X. What would yeah. you say? Yeah, I, I would. I would go back to the intimacy thing. I would go back to what what is marriage supposed to be about? What does marriage look like? What does love look like? And and it wasn't. You know, honestly, it was. A, I knew I loved her. There was no question about that. And marriage was kind of the what you do next. Okay. You know, we've been dating right. three years. It's time. You know, otherwise, what are we doing here? But right. there was no, there was no change when we got married. I mean, it was basically we just continued our dating relationship, living in the same house. So, so going back, I would, I would want to prepare myself, my younger self, mm-hmm. for what, what marriage is supposed to be. What does God intend you to be? The whole di- idea of two becoming one. Right. We didn't get that early. Okay. Um, so what I mean, just one. I want to hear from you, Ali, but I'm just so curious because I think there are dudes who are exactly where you're at, Brandon, even now at. And you're 41? 44. 44. But thank you. We're identical, same age. Yeah. We're both 44. <laughs> so um, what would you tell – I think there are guys who are 44 who have been married for 15, 20 years perhaps and still feeling exactly what you just described. So what yeah. would you say to them? Like, hey, read a book. Hey, go talk to somebody. Hey, just get over it. Well, what would you say? I mean, you wouldn't say get over it. I know that. I wouldn't say get over no. it, but I would certainly want to talk to it. And I think that's a large portion uh, or a large part of what Allison and I are trying to do and, and enjoy doing is, is see, seeking people that are in that in that spot or trying to find people that are there and and help them walk through it. So, uh, unfortunately, it's not even – I hate to say this this way, but it's not even something you necessarily – you don't get from reading the Bible. You get it from understanding sure, the Bible right. and understanding God's intent. So, um, because we we knew the Bible. I mean, we right. knew you know right. we, you we knew it, it inside and out. We just didn't right. understand it. We didn't understand the the, the relationship so, part of it. I could quote um, the verses, right? But, yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah. So, man, uh, what would I what would I tell him? That's a <laughs> I don't know, but I'd tell them something. I mean, I think I, you're saying it with the emotional intimacy because that's what was lacking, and that is what we didn't even know we didn't have. Yeah, maybe, at the same time, maybe that's and that's hard for guys. The yeah. whole idea of intimacy is seen as weak if you're not careful. Um, it's yeah. uh, you know, it's emotional. It's a it's a connection. All of the things that we typically put our hand out and go, hey, you know, I'm a guy. 
I don't need that. It's scary. It's scary. Certainly for yeah. a 24-year-old with little uh, emotional capacity, the idea of emotional intimacy is, frankly, overwhelming. Like, wait, what do you want me to do? I mean, I already watched her cry enough. How much more do I have to put up with the crying bit? Yeah. Um, what does emotional intimacy even mean? I think 24-year-old guys would be like, mm, yeah. And maybe that's part of the reason that there's such a delay in marriage these days, honestly, is that there are I think it dudes is. who are like, you know what? I don't have to put up with it. I yeah. can still yeah. have the sex sure. part. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, and I can I can absent myself from the intimacy part. Hey, look who's winning, twenty yeah. four year old guy. Under, yeah, so understanding, and and I'm I would consider myself a guy's guy. I'm not I'm not overly emotional. Yeah. I don't cry I a lot. I don't that. share my feelings, <laughs> those kind of things, and I, I don't I don't wear those as badges of honor. They're just you know it's who you are. That's just who I am. Cool. But at this point in our marriage, though, we are we are so open with each other. I would have made my 24-year-old self very uncomfortable okay. um, with the amount of things that, that we now share with each other from, you know, hey, I don't need to see that to, hey, you know, I mean, we, we, we ask the hard questions. We're very good about, yeah, the, about asking each other, hey, are you okay? You're struggling with that. How am I doing here? You know, let me know if this isn't working, right, that kind of thing. Right, right. And I take some of the responsibility for that, not knowing to ask him those things, not not feeling comfortable within myself to say, like, to even talk about pornography or is this a struggle? I did, that just was so sure. beyond the scope of what I sure. would ever have asked at that age. What would you, I mean, just same question. What yeah. would you tell your 24-year-old self um, uh, or 24-year-old yes. or, or ladies who are, uh, we'll, we'll say you're, you're under 40, won't give you exact age. Um, so kind. Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> what, what would you tell someone who, maybe who is your age now contemporarily, mm-hmm. here's what you need to know. So several things that we um, share with other couples. Number one, creating boundaries in your marriage is a really great thing. Um, we, di- we didn't have that. We didn't have any kind of set rules about you shouldn't be, you know, alone with uh, a member of the opposite mm. sex or these are, you know, we just didn't do any of that. Okay. Those are the things we didn't discuss. Um other things, emotional intimacy to me, things we tell couples to do is um, praying together. But you would think that that mm-hmm. is just, especially for a youth minister and his wife, right. that that is just something they're doing every yeah. night on their yeah. knees. But I know you're not surprised <laughs> um, that emotional intimacy to do be I able have to be on my knees, right? I mean, that, I mean, I mean, right? I don't like I just, praying on my knees. Right. It's a suggestion. It's not required. <laughs> I mean, in church, I'm good at it, and but honestly, oh, it's a little uncomfortable. Well, it's funny. We've been to, and you've probably too, these marriage seminars, and they would say, okay, like sit knee to knee, eye to eye, right? Most awkward thing. Why is that? Right. Why is it awkward for a husband and wife sure. to get eye to eye? I mean, that to me is like a sign you're not, you don't right. have emotional intimacy. And we were there. Um, even now, like we have to work for that Amen. after 21 years and knowing we need it, yeah. right? Yeah. So it's something we have to work for. Also, I would say that um, with the Hollywood thing for guys, the Hollywood, the Hollywood mentality for girls is just that love is this feeling mm. and it's just this emotion. And so you've heard so many people say, well, I don't feel that anymore, so we must be done. done. So okay. something that we learned, and I'll yeah. go back to like rock bottom and, and redemption in a minute, but at that hard point of are we going to 
is this going to work? Are we going to let God work in this marriage? Is realizing that love is a choice. Nice. And so if I had gone into marriage realizing that, you know, instead of like all the things that about us that annoyed each other and just letting those like, oh, uh, you know, just wear and wear and wear and then hard times come and we're withdrawing, like realizing love is a choice. Um, I'm going to choose to get emotionally intimate. One thing he said too, the way we're emotionally intimate now, and he's a guy's guy. I love words of affirmation. I love talking. One of my favorite things is getting over coffee with somebody and just getting deep. Mm-hmm. And we even found out a few years ago um, that we weren't we, we can know when we're not connected. When you when you get to a level of emotional intimacy, when you are feeling less connected, you realize it. And then we'll always say like, okay, I'm not I'm not feeling like we're right. sinking right now. What is it? Right. And so we'll know like, okay, I think you've been so busy. I've been sharing my hard deep stuff with either girlfriends or sure. you know, so I'm not giving you that so we're not emotionally connected right now so for him it was the selfless act of after work giving me 30 minutes to you know talk to him about those things even if he's had a hard day or for me it's I need to know okay I'm going to watch college football with you like I'm going to give you that quality time and it's it's being selfless you know it's figuring out what the other person okay. needs and working and making towards that, that. and making that choice right. like I'm going to do this that you love and then it's just this whole cycle right. and then that causes us to have a connection so he is my safe place and I am his because we are emotionally connected. So now there is nothing I won't say to him. Or at the beginning of our marriage, when I felt like I think this is off, I would think, but I don't want to hurt his feelings. Well, I hope you've been enjoying this story so far. Intimacy is so vital to a healthy marriage. And I pray that Allie and Brandon's story is affecting the way you think about the relationships in your own life. If you'd like to be involved in any of the wonderful things going on in our campus here in Ocala, please know you are more than welcome to join us. You can learn more about our church community at graceocala.org and on Instagram and Facebook. Well, join us next time as we finish our conversation with Allie and Brandon as they describe how their marriage was redeemed and restored in the midst of their brokenness. Go in peace.